Somebody's winning streak is going to end on Sunday night football. We're going to preview every aspect of Broncos Vikings right here on a special crossover Thursday edition locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. It is crossover Thursday, Locked On Broncos and Locked On Vikings. I'm Sarah Bettinger, co-host of Locked On Broncos, here with Luke Braun, a host of the Locked On Vikings podcast, where things are going really, really well right now. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings, one of the best stories nationally. The Denver Broncos, I guess, I guess, Luke, they just played in the most watched Monday night football game ever. So a lot of eyes on these two yeah, teams going man. into week 11, which is crazy right I mean it, it at the beginning of the season first month of the season I remember I was in Tennessee watching the Vikings play I'm like there's no way you know this team is going to hell in a handbasket and I felt the same way about the Broncos with Sean Payton and slowly but surely these two teams have come around this is an exciting matchup I, I grew up in South Dakota a lot of Vikings fans around me so kind of indirectly I've followed the team for a long time been really excited about nice. this episode and about this game so love love the matchup Vikings and Broncos has always been entertaining I was in Minneapolis for the Tebow game back in, in 2011 I mean it's it's good times and good vibes all around excited to talk about this matchup with you but Luke I think it's uh, the obvious for from Broncos fans' perspective, but from the Vikings side of things, what is the biggest storyline that we're looking at here as we approach week 11 of the 2023 season for the Vikings? Yeah, so not unlike what's going on with the Broncos, it's a turnaround, right? It's, I mean, one and four on this five-game winning streak, and now it's this this Dobbs mania, Joshua Dobbs coming in, uh, not knowing the names, not knowing the playbook. That story, I'm sure everybody's heard about it. Uh, th this matchup is always kind of fun, though, to, to what you were saying, because there is not a football team between Denver and Minnesota. They're, they're, our like areas of the map uh, border each other. So this is a shout out to like Nebraska fans, uh, you know, people go. in the in the Great Plains kind of between teams. Some people just choose to be Broncos fans. Some people choose to be Vikings fans. Um, the, the battle for the Midwest. But yeah, it's it has been. It's going weird. I'll say that much. Uh, it's, we're all just sort of like we're we're scarred, traumatized Vikings fans that have been through everything that are just waiting for the other shoe to drop with this Joshua Dobbs thing. It's all reminding us of a few years ago with Case Keenum uh, in 2017 before he ended mm -hmm. up in, in Denver. Uh, but that 2017 Case Keenum insanity run that that made it all the way to the NFC Championship, where we were all that year too, kind of going, okay, but when does this like when when do we find out this is Case Keenum? And then they get blown out in the playoffs. Um, it's it's feeling the same. It's like, okay, surely this isn't. He's not just a good quarterback with no caveats, right? Like, there's there's no way, there's no way. <laughs> so we're just waiting for that. Um, but it has been just a gutty f month of Vikings football with, with depth players stepping up with guys playing through injuries. Um, they're, they're getting some reinforcements back. Hopefully this week, KJ Osborne is a full participant coming out of concussion protocol. I would expect him to play uh, Justin Jefferson. We're kind of on Justin Jefferson. Watch. That's the other big thing we don't, he's, he's in his 21 day come off IR practice window. So he could be activated on Saturday to play. Uh, 
he was limited in practice. It sounds to me like they are, I mean, they've been insistent that they'll err on the side of caution. Um, they said it would be kind of aggressive to play him last week. So it sounds to me like it would still be a little aggressive, but maybe not as extreme. So I still am kind of on this. I don't really know 50, 50, 60, 40 kind of place with Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. Big story there for obviously, I mean, Joshua Dobbs taking a lot of the attention, but Justin Jefferson's return to the field is going to be big for not just Viking fans, but I'm sure a lot of people who took him high in their fantasy football draft, things like that. But I want to throw a hot take at you, Luke. I I think I watch a lot of Vikings football, to be honest with you, because, you know, like I said, I grew up around it. So they're good TV. I think <laughs> they are. They're good TV. They're always entertaining. I think this this year's Vikings team is better than last year's when they're when they're healthy. Of course, we know Kirk Cousins out for the year, and I know they only lost four games last year. I want you to tell me if if I'm onto something or if I'm dead wrong about that. But from what I'm watching, what I've seen, I feel like this year's team is better than last year's. I felt like they got really lucky a lot of times last year. I hope that doesn't hurt anybody's heart. I want you to tell me <laughs> well, if I'm that, dead was, wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, defensively, you're absolutely right. I mean, the defense last year was an abject catastrophe and they're like playing well this year. I don't think anybody in the world would argue that last year's defense was better. And offensively, it's hard to compare because now there's been injuries and stuff, but they they've been beating their expectations where last year the, going into 2022, they were their their over under was eight and a half games. So they were expected to be like a middle team. And then they rattled off a bunch of close wins. And then suddenly it became, well, their record, they, they still were kind of that middle. I think they were a little better than that. They were like a 10 ish win team to me, but they won 13. And so everyone went, ah, they know they've won more than they should have won. And they need to like go get right with God and lose in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> Which got pretty overblown for me, but yeah. uh, they have definitely made marked strides. I think they've gotten worse in some areas, too. I don't think they're as good situationally as they were last year, which is why they won all those close mm-hmm. games, because they were really sound about managing the clock, getting out of bounds when they were supposed to, not committing stupid penalties you know, on the edge of field goal range, that kind of stuff. Um, they have not been better about that. So, you know, hey, new year, new new team. Last year can... I mean, we're, we're halfway through 2023. It's time to leave 2022 in the past. Um, but I, perhaps no defense has improved more than the Broncos. I wanted to ask you about this. So that's a big deal. I mean, they talked about it a ton on the Monday Night Football broadcast, right? Um, after the 70 deber- debacle, after that whole Miami Dolphins thing, my question is, has this been like a change in the Broncos or was that just kind of one game? And if you take that out, the rest of the games totally make sense. Or has this been more of a linear, like they were bad then, but they're playing better now. That was, that was definitely uh, an outlier, I would say. But at the same time, you know, you could kind of see not something like that coming, but I mean, something along the lines of getting, getting taken kind of to the, to the shed, you know, by the dolphins, because that defense was getting, they were getting torched in the first couple of weeks of the season. Sam Howell, I I think, you know, he basically looked like vintage Peyton Manning against the Broncos back in week two. And then, you know, you get that dolphins game where Justin Simmons is hurt. So you're playing Delarian Turner yell on the back end because also your backup safety is hurt. PJ Locke and, and just Damari Mathis at the other side of the field from Pat Sertan was playing horrible. 
horribly. The nickel is saying Bassey, who was cut from the team uh, shortly after that game, he was playing poorly. And so just a lot of a combination of things there that led to that whole debacle. But these last three, four weeks for the Denver Broncos have been really impressive. The pass rush has picked things up. The secondary with a, a healthy secondary has played really well. But I've talked about this with a lot of the other hosts. It's personnel changes on that side of the ball. You know, you replace Damari Mathis at one cornerback position with the veteran Fabian Moreau, who's been playing really well. And then in the nickel, you insert Jaquan McMillan, who was getting called Jaquan McMillian. And I think he's going to ride that to some sort of publicity deal. Uh, but Jaquan McMillan, in the, I, yeah, I mean, hey, you got to. Maybe he'll have to give some kind of royalties to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman for that. But, I mean, Jaquan <laughs> McMillan playing fabulous in the slot. He, he forced that fumble on the first play from scrimmage in Monday Night Football, but he's playing so well beyond that in coverage. He, he had picked off Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes against the Chiefs. So a lot of really good things for this defense for Denver, and that really has been the biggest story for this team is the resurgence of the defense. And it's been exciting to watch. Those guys have played really well. They're playing fast. They're playing aggressive. Uh, and I've can't wait to see how they're going to respond to playing a quarterback who you know can run again like they face off against Josh Allen last week a really great test in that regard Mahomes he can obviously we know get out of the pocket and make plays so how do they respond now with Josh Dobbs who's been a really good running quarterback this season when the play breaks down not just you know on design running plays but especially when the play breaks down and we are going to break all this down biggest matchups in this game we're going to look at all these different things uh, what, what, what can we expect if Justin Jefferson does play Pat Sertan versus Justin Jefferson is that going to be something to watch for what other matchups we're looking forward to we're going to talk all about it on this special crossover Thursday episode locked on Broncos locked on Vikings why root for your team on an empty stomach whenever the game clock stops you already know what time it is it's time to order in with DoorDash all of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery, they're right there on the DoorDash app. So you can shop everything that you need to get game day ready. You get a hankering for some nachos during the game. Hey, order on DoorDash and get everything that you need delivered without missing a single snap. And if you're in the Denver area and you're watching the game from home, I'm telling you, you got to order from Illegal Pete's, the Mexican Coke carnitas in a burrito bowl with some cilantro rice, fajita veggies, a little cheese, and some tomato vinaigrette. I mean, chef's kiss right there. Come on, everybody. Maybe you want to order a little something to enjoy Thursday night football. You're listening to this podcast and you're like, you know what? I want to DoorDash something. I think you cannot miss if you order just just a random assortment from Crumble Cookie and you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your very first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKED23. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. As we jump into talking about some of the biggest matchups here, Locked On Broncos, Locked On Vikings, just want to say thank you and give a huge shout out to everybody that makes Locked On Broncos or Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where you know you can find your podcast free and available anywhere, as well as you can watch, you know, Luke, watching you on YouTube. I mean, that's a great place to to be. I'm sure the comment section of of YouTube, I know that's a place that we love to to just dwell (laughs) at times. So, hey, yeah. 
yeah, we appreciate all of you. They're sending their best. That's for sure. Sending their best. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's well, it's, it's well intended. So now we appreciate every single <laughs> one of you. So, so thanks so much for jumping in and listening to the show or watching the show, however you choose to do so. But I want to give you the floor here, Luke. I want to hear from you. What, what are you looking forward to matchup wise the most in this game? Cause I think there's a lot we could break down from player to player, unit to unit, maybe a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, revenge game in a way for I'll I'll give you the floor. I got some ideas. Oh, sure. Right. The uh, Dalton Reisner, Chris Cooper revenge game angle. That's right. Uh, Yeah. The whole the the O-line situation. We've been enjoying him. uh, Reisner. I I thought he had a pretty rough day uh, last week in particular, but he's been pretty good outside of that. And actually picking him up spurred the Vikings to trade Ezra Cleveland away. Uh, and to start Reisner for the rest of the year. So we we he's found a home. He's back with his old O-line coach. He likes the teammates. He's doing okay. Uh, I'm interested in particular in uh, Pat Sertan and how the Broncos want to use him. And I'm sure it'll be different if Jefferson plays versus not, right? Um, what I'll say is if Jefferson plays, he's, he said he won't play until he's 110%. That's the, that's the, the, been the line out of Minnesota. They're not going to put him back at 80%. You're not going to get a hobbled Jefferson. You're either getting all of him or he's not playing. So if he plays, is this a shadow situation? And then we get this, this lights out matchup all day, or is it going to be a side situation? If it is a shadow situation, then my question becomes, okay, who's on Jordan Addison then? And if Jefferson doesn't play, is it a shadow thing with Sertan on Jordan Addison? And how does that go? There's a lot of different permutations for, that we would have to like parse out. Uh, but I, that's my biggest question is, what do the Broncos like to do with Pat Sertan against superstar receivers? Uh, is he just always on the wide receiver one? Do they like to play sides? What are, what's the story with the other corners? I'm curious about that secondary. Yes, yes, that's a great that's a great point. Uh, recently, we have seen Pat Sertan do more so of the shadowing, uh, especially against okay. Stephon Diggs with the Buffalo Bills. So it was a, I mean, it, one catch for eleven yards day for against Sertan from Stephon Diggs. It was utter dominance, mm-hmm. and so we've seen, but we've seen both ends of that spectrum, right? I mean, we've seen those games like against Stephon Diggs, but then you see games like against Devontae Adams where it's like what's going on here? I mean, I thought this was Pat mm-hmm. Sertan, you know what I'm saying? And so there, there's been times like that, but they're few and far between the Miami game. Not, I mean, I guess that's kind of the big exception, right? It's every, everything yeah, was a break. Like that was, had, yeah. Had, it has a stink on it. You just throw that tape out. Yeah. I think they just scored again, actually, uh, against the Broncos. <laughs> so, I, I mean, uh, eventually they'll get to a hundred and they'll stop, but no, I mean, it's, it's been a, a, a situation where he's shadowing guys. I think Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator, kind of wisened up to that after the first few weeks of the season where, I mean, he wasn't strictly covering Devontae Adams. Damari Mathis got burned a few times in that game, and then the same with Terry McLaurin in week two. And so we saw that adjustment get made really when the Broncos played the Chiefs the first time, and we saw Sertan kind of covering Travis Kelsey quite a bit in that game, which was fun to see as well. But it's, it's something that I think we would, especially if Justin Jefferson plays, I think we would see him following him around on the field. That'll be sick. So here's the deal. We have not seen since week four of 2022. Uh, Oh, no, that's not true. Uh, The commanders did it. So week nine, I think that was of 2022. We have not seen a team just straight up one guy on Justin Jefferson on an island. 
if they're going to shadow, they always have safety help following him around. And then they're like bracketing him that way. So if the Broncos have the cojones to put Pat Sertan, and we've played Jair Alexander, right? We've played good corners out here, right? We've had, you know, uh, gosh, who is the guy for the, I think the the Chargers had a guy there too. Uh, Or was he hurt by then? Asante Samuel. It might've been, I I forget, but I mean, Darius Slay, right? Uh, For the Eagles. Like we had, we've had dudes out there. But those teams have all taken Justin Jefferson and said either do the Belichick thing where it's cornerback two on Jefferson with a safety and cornerback one is on whoever the second guy is uh, or cornerback one with a safety. We're taking this dude super seriously. We are not losing to Jefferson today. So if, if Denver is the first team to just go like single high, I don't I don't know what what the preference is there with Denver. Uh, that's that's the ballsiest plan that anybody will have had against Justin Jefferson since about this time last year. And we could see that. I mean, it'll be, that'll be a fascinating matchup and part of the chess match. I think, I think we, I think it's yeah. possible, uh, especially with Justin Simmons on that back end there to help. I mean, it, it really, the Broncos have Cause, cause really press, tried right? hard. Like, to, yes, that's, exactly. that's how the, that's how the Packers got handed Jefferson. Probably the worst game he's had since being a rookie uh, was, safety help over the top of Jair Alexander and Jair can press the absolute heck out of you. Right. And he's just bench pressing you because he doesn't have to worry about the deep stuff. So he can play super aggressive. And that might be that that's probably the best plan against Jefferson. But if you feel like, no, this dude's pats are tan, go, go ball out kid. Like maybe you'll feel that way, but I, I want to flip it to you too. What, what do you think matchup wise? I mean, what are you looking forward to? Well, I, I don't know how much looking forward to as as opposed to really like I, I need to I just face this type of thing, you know, with Brian Flores, the way that he blitzes more than any other defensive coordinator. We all have seen the stats and heard all the, the things about it. How how does that work against Russell Wilson and this Broncos O-line? Because the, the Broncos have been running the ball really well. Their, their pass protection breakdowns on third down or even just a semblance of a breakdown has caused Russell Wilson at times to kind of retreat, hold on to the ball. He's much less this year trying to throw the ball up and see what happens as opposed to just he'll be willing to take maybe more sacks than he needs Certainly, uh, from Broncos country, that would be the 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 ran a lot against so. the Bills. <laughs> they they did. watching that and game they like, man, this dude is the most annoying guy. <laughs> yes, yes, and 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 they Which is will a do that. I mean, yeah, exactly. And you, I mean, you never go broke taking the profit, as as they say, right? And, and uh, although a sack is not necessarily a profit, it's kind of a live to play another down type of mentality, as opposed to last year, where I mean, Russell was throwing quite a few interceptions this year. Not not happening. He's gone three games without one. He hasn't thrown one since Kansas City in week six, week five, week week six. So it'll be interesting to see how the blitz heavy approach from the Vikings, especially with Daniil Hunter being able to win his matchups yeah. pretty consistently. How do the Broncos compensate for that? How often do we see the sixth O lineman on the field, which has been frequent for them this year? How often is Chris Ooh. Manhurts out there? They, they have they've, they've gone heavy. Uh, it hasn't been a wide receiver haven as a, the Vikings feel like they can throw wide receivers out there and just have success. Broncos, it's like, hey, uh, you might get a couple catches this game or you might get one opportunity if that. So very much so looking at a uh, turtle up. The Broncos are like a. Yeah, it's like a Big Ten team. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You, you're from the, I, well. You're, that, you have the. I mean, yeah, yeah. The great, the great Midwest. The uh, that's kind of what the Vikings want. So 
the the goal of PJ or of of Brian Flores is to turn you into PJ Fleck and say, okay, you, we want you to just retreat into your quick game and your hot routes and your little slants and your little flare outs and your little flats, and then we're going to come up and tackle. And if we can force you into that, you're going to complete 99% of your passes and you're going to get three yards a pop and you're going to punt. That's kind of the, the, the philosophy. And by the way, if you ever do want to try something, good luck. Six guys are coming. You better not take a sack, right? And if you ever get behind the chains on this, you know, then it just kind of compounds. And that's how they've been able to get these guys. So the question kind of flips back on you which is both the strength and the weakness of the defense because the ball is in your court. If you can counter those blitzes effectively and still push the ball downfield, if you want an example of that, look at the Chargers. They were able to do that. They they hung 400 yards on them. Keenan Allen had a 200-yard day. Um, so if you want to do that, like, but you have to be able to execute that. And that's really hard to execute in the Chargers. I mean, that was like everybody raved about Justin Herbert's day and go watch it. You'll see why. Um, so you have to play really, really, really well to get that what a lot of teams have done is they've just retreated into their RPOs and they've just become really short passing or they've just become really quick passing. And depending on what the Vikings think the Broncos will do, they might not come at all. In fact, last week they blitzed at a lower percentage than they've ever blitzed. And they dropped back. This is the the funny stat about this defense. They lead the league in six or more rushers, right? They're sending, they send everybody more than anybody else. They also lead the league in rushing three and dropping eight. (laughs) So we'll line everybody up and then drop everybody out. And now suddenly you just audibled into a perimeter screen against drop eight cover two. And that thing is absolutely getting destroyed. So it kind of depends what you'll see depends on what the Vikings think your favorite blitz counter is, which how to counter the blitz is probably going to be one of the key things in this game. It is. It absolutely is. And hey, somebody's winning streak is coming to an end on on Sunday. It's sad. I I I I've been rooting for the Josh Dobbs story. I've been I've been excited for the Vikings for maybe the first time since Randy Moss played for the team. So somebody's winning streak is coming to an end, and we are going to tell you whose winning streak is coming to an end right here on this Crossover Thursday episode, Locked On Broncos, Locked On Vikings. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits, and I'm thankful for the connection that we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics, and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revatio prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. And I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kits. I feel secure now. The prices are lower than local pharmacies. And I highly recommend this for everyone. So if you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medicine, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. 
We are jumping into the final drive of crossover Thursday here. Locked on Broncos, locked on Vikings. And once again, just want to say shout out to all of you that make locked on Broncos or locked on Vikings. Your first listen of the day, every single day, wherever and however you listen to podcasts or if you watch for free on YouTube as well. You everydayers out there, you know, you've got love from me, Cody, who's not with us today and Luke as well. Luke. I'm going to give you the floor once again here. We talk about keys to victory. We talk about game predictions. I don't know if you do score predictions, if you do win-loss predictions, but let's start with keys to victory. Tell me why or how the Vikings are going to win this game. Uh, yeah, to the point of predictions, I've I've learned my lesson with the Vikings. You can't. It's not. The, the, the prediction is that whatever we're talking about on Monday morning about this game or late on Sunday night after after it ends uh, is is... Not something we will have thought about much before uh, that. It's going to be some crazy, wild crap that you just don't see coming. It's just what the Vikings do. Uh, don't touch that dial. That's what I always say. Three score lead, right? Vikings were up 24 to three at halftime. Up 27 to three after halftime. Saints made a game out of it. Vikings have been down two or three scores plenty of times as well. They'll make a game out of it. Do not touch that dial no matter what. If you feel like this game is over, no matter who is winning, it is not. It's just how Vikings games go. Uh, that's a, a, a great principle. But in terms of the the key or like an eternal principle of the Vikings, in terms of keys to the game, I kind of want to, to get your sense for what I was talking about with blitzes because how the Broncos counter blitzes and how good they are at it is going to determine not only the game plan that they see, but how all this is going to work. Yeah, uh, it's going to be fascinating because I think you have two matchups against Steve Spagnolo already under your belt. We know he brings the blitz a mm -hmm. ton. I don't know where the Chiefs rank in terms of right behind the Vikings or somewhere near them, but I would guess they're pretty I think, close. I think it's Wink. I think it's the Giants that are right behind them. The Giants. That makes sense. That, that I should have known that. I should have known Wink Yeah, Martindale, Wink Martindale. <laughs> He's he's always up there. He loves to blitz. But I, I know Steve Spagnolo and the Chiefs, they bring a lot of pressure and they send their fast linebackers a lot. So what the Broncos did and have done, quite frankly, all season, they've really gotten all their running backs active in the passing game. And that could be, you know, Samaj P. Ryan, okay. who's been there, maybe their most effective. Jaleel McLaughlin, they like to get him a lot of designed plays, not necessarily blitz beaters, but they like to just get him the ball in space. And then Javante Williams will also participate in that, of course. But really, I think it's going to be how they counter the blitz. I think they want to run the ball effectively. They want to make sure they're running to the right spots. Right they want it. to make sure they're, yeah, run run right into it. Yeah, run, sure. run as far away from it as possible. We'll see. I guess, I don't know. It's They've committed so heavily to it. And Sean Payton, we know he's he's one of the master chess players out there when it comes to, you know, oh, yeah. scheming up. We're familiar with Sean Payton. Oh Very boy, familiar. does he have some I, history. <laughs> I know. I, I, I saw the Vikings playing the Saints and I was like, oh man, I bet Sean Payton. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure he hates even watching that film just to see those two well, teams on the screen together, you know? Yeah, so he and Mike Zimmer are very, very, very close friends. So while the fan bases of the Vikings and the Saints have fought over all of these, you know, the miracle and go back to the 09 championship, Bounty Gate stuff, there's, that's been more of a, of a fans thing. Peyton and Zimmer loved playing each other. They played. They hooked up a preseason game every year. I mean, those two guys loved each other. Um, I, I actually kind of feel like Mike Zimmer is going to be a Broncos coach, even just like as an assistant someday uh, with, with Sean Peyton there. But uh, 
the so so there is some 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 funny history i think my favorite though is him in the seconds before the minneapolis miracle happened turning toward vikings fans and doing the skull chain at them uh oh, and then boy. immediately just to have the rug pulled out from under it's beautiful and like sean payton knows this he's a trash talker extraordinaire he can take it he can dish it out he has absolutely no qualms about this sort of, you know, jabbing back and forth. I, I love Sean Payton as a heel, as just like the villain of the league. And it's who he belongs. It's who he should be, right? All the stuff with Nathaniel Hackett and all that. It's where he, it's where he is most comfortable being the, you know, the, the, the black sheep of the league. I think that is his role. Yes. Yes, it is. And, and I think he's kind of embraced that, right? I mean, I know he, he might've got a little slap on the wrist for the Nathaniel Hackett comments, but well, he took he it wrong, to the Jets, but, right? You know, and then you you got to take that did, on the yeah. chin, and that's your punishment, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it works out. Was. That's the thing; it always works out. You either back it up or you yep. don't. What do they say? The the ball don't lie, right? You know, yeah, so uh, lie, right? that's, that's kind of how that went. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I'm really looking, I'm really looking forward to seeing that though. What you what you mentioned about that because that is going to be. Uh, it feels like I know the Broncos have converted more third downs than it really seems as you're watching the course of a game. But really, when they get to third down situations, it almost feels like, hey, you might as well just punt in this situation because you're not gaining any ground. I think it, it, if the Broncos can establish the run early on in this game, that's going to be where they they beat the blitz and the aggressiveness with the play action boot. You know, old school Broncos football which is is kind of coming back to the forefront with the way they're running this offense. Mm. A lot of running the ball and a lot of attacking downfield at certain spots. We're not seeing consistent attacking downfield, but we are seeing it at least a handful of times a game. And can they get Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, maybe even Marvin Mims involved in that vertical passing game? I think that's going to be huge for this team, as well as obviously you want to contain as much as you can Josh Dobbs mania. And with the run game, I'll be very curious. Um, gosh, I, mean, I could talk about this for about 49 more hours with you uh, with how they want to attack the Vikings fronts. So Jordan Hicks is hurt. Uh, he's on IR with a, a, a shin thing. And they actually re-signed Anthony Barr, who was with the team forever and ever and ever and ever. Right. Um what they get out of Anthony Barr and and Ivan Pace, who's their stud standout undrafted rookie uh, linebacker, what they get out of those two guys in the run might be huge in this one. Because if if the Broncos want to keep the game on the ground and say all this blitzing weird crap, we're just going to run it down your throat. Watch the Eagles-Vikings game uh, on Thursday Night Football earlier in the year. Because the yeah. Eagles basically did that. And they they ran it for like, I don't know, 672 yards. Um, if the Broncos can do that, there's definitely an avenue to countering all of that crazy. We don't care what the front looks like. Put somebody in front of me. I'm hitting them in the mouth, right? Let's simplify this. Um, but if they can get something out of Anthony Barr, uh, that might be like a huge key to this. And they don't need him to have the game of his life. They don't need him to be the guy he was in 2017, 2018. Uh, but if he can be the guy that he was last year for the Cowboys. Just that, just be a guy that's in the right place in the fit and isn't, you know, a total pushover. Um, then I think that they'll be able to sort of replace what they were getting with Jordan Hicks. And then it becomes, can the 
Broncos expose that in the past because they've got like an old Sam linebacker, like an old school Sam linebacker that half the world thinks should be a defensive end, including the Jets themselves. So who signed him for a hot second a few years ago? Yep, yep. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's. I think there's an opportunity there on both sides, and that might be one of those inflection points that he's not going to be the most important player in the game, but he might be the one that like has the the widest range of outcomes. Yes, yes, that's a great way to put it. And that, hey, he was almost a Bronco as well. Speaking of almost Broncos, Anthony Barr, I think he chose Who the was? Cowboys over the Broncos last year. He oh. and uh, Broncos GM George oh, Payton, a very familiar face for the Vikings. He they went yeah, to the yeah. same high school, so in not together, of course, but they they graduated from the same high school out mm-hmm. there in Los Angeles. So kind of an interesting factoid if that ever comes up in your Jeopardy or or trivia at some point for any of you <laughs> Vikings bar trivia. listeners or Broncos out there. But hey you know what it's going to be a great game sunday night football it's cool to see these two teams in prime time considering all that's transpired throughout the season injuries or otherwise these two teams playing some really good football but like we said somebody's streak is going to come to an end on sunday night football and and i'm sure everybody's going to love chris collinsworth analysis of it all but vikings fans broncos fans we're so grateful for you listening to the show or watching the show today and we want to tell you locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube it's called locked on sports today and it's here for you 24 7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every league go to locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe for the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel we appreciate you broncos country and vikings fans out there we'll see you next time